All right, let's do this. Howdy, folks. It is Thursday, March 31st. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Hustle writer Rob Litters, and this is the Hustle Daily Show. Later in today's episode, TikTok users spend more than three times the number of hours on the app than Instagram users do each month. And Mark Zuckerberg has resorted to some super sketchy PR tactics to try to win some ground back. What's the deal there? We are going to discuss it. But before we get into that, here are a few things you should know. Let's get crackling. All right, Rob, what do you got? Okay, so the first thing that I want to talk about today is Apple TV+. Plus. When Apple TV Plus launched, I kind of thought it was a joke. I think it launched back in 2019 and they just like gave it away with like a million different partnerships. But I kind of figured, okay, Apple's like kind of dipping their toes into streaming, but didn't really think too much of it. And now everything is changing for me. So to put it into context, Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu are all very clearly kind of chasing this quantity over quality and like building a library strategy. Like they just want to build their library as much as possible so that there's pretty much something for everybody in their library, right? But Apple is taking the exact opposite approach. They're basically taking the HBO approach, which I absolutely love. They're going quality over quantity and it's starting to pay off. And that's what's so exciting. So Coda, I think you mentioned this in the newsletter earlier this week, but Coda won Best Picture, and it's the first Best Picture Oscar for a streaming service. Right. And Ted Lasso recently won the Emmy for Best Comedy, so they're crushing it on the TV side, too. On the revenue side, revenue doubled from 2020 to 2021 to about $2.2 billion, but they also have some really cool stuff coming down the pipe, too. So they've got the new Martin Scorsese picture with Leo called Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, it'll probably be four hours. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that idea that every Scorsese pick from here on out is going to add an hour. By the time yeah. by the time he's done, we're going to have like a ten hour movie. Yeah. What are you looking at, JC? Yeah. So the first thing I've been following today is the Mad Money that's driving March Madness. So mm. obviously March Madness ongoing right now, and according to the American Gaming Association, an estimated forty five million. American adults, that's 17% of the country, planned on wagering a combined $3.1 billion on this year's NCAA basketball tournament. Wow. It's a lot of money and a lot of people, and a handful of groups stand to take home big money. The first, really, and probably the most significant group are states. Thus far, there are 30 states and Washington, D.C., that have legalized sports gambling in order to generate a hefty amount of tax revenue. And that includes nine more states which have joined the list since last year's March Madness, like Arizona, Maryland, Washington. Wow, I didn't realize that many states allowed gambling. I've seen my friends go on like multi-hour drives to different states so they can just go on their phone and make a sports bet. (laughs) It means there are 29 million more adults this year in the U.S. that have access to sports betting at home. So that's a big deal. It's a big number. There are also some insane bets. One fan placed a $300,000 bet that Duke would win it all, 17 to 1 odds. If he wins, he'll get over $5 million. Another guy bet on Kansas, 11 to 1 odds, 2.2 million. Of course, the one thing that's not highlighted is people losing money. Oh, yeah. As always. And uh, I read 17% of bettors place money on Gonzaga. 
who lost. So all those people can suffer as a group, I guess. <laughs> I didn't place a bet, but they were my champion in my bracket. My bracket, I don't think has ever been busted so early. Like I lost two final four teams in the first round, lost Gonzaga. It's just, I, I do have, I have Villanova in the championship. So I guess I still have them in. Oh, very nice. Yeah. An absolutely tumultuous March Madness for me. <laughs> what else you got? So the other thing I'm looking at is this big announcement out of Waymo. Waymo is this Google spinoff that's been working on a robo-taxi business for like a decade. That's right. And they say that they will soon start offering rides in their fully autonomous vehicles in San Francisco without human safety drivers behind the wheel. Wow. I feel like a lot of times we hear this, uh, autonomous vehicles, drivers, what's this? How is this different? So for some background... Waymo has been doing tests in Phoenix suburbs for years. They've been offering fully driverless rides there without safety drivers for over a year. But those are Phoenix suburbs. And this is about San Francisco, which is like a little more complex. Right. And Waymo has been testing robotaxis in San Francisco for a long time now, too. Now they're taking the humans out of the picture a little bit more. And in terms of business, earlier this year, Waymo got the green light to start charging for rides in its autonomous taxis in San Francisco, so long as there's a human safety driver behind the wheel. Wow. Long story short, it's not going to be a completely humanless robo-taxi business just yet, but it's honestly, it's coming soon. And now I think it's time to talk about Meta's interesting new strategy to battle TikTok, <laughs> you could call it. <laughs> interesting is definitely one word to describe it. So everybody knows TikTok obviously scares the shit out of Zuck. And one way that Meta has tried to stifle TikTok's rise is by doing pretty much exactly what they did to Snap, which is copying their features and baking them into their own products. So you may know of Reels, or maybe you don't because you use TikTok and realize that Reels sucks, but <laughs> it's, it's Instagram's basically copy of TikTok that isn't very great. But if you think that that's dirty tactics, then just wait to hear what I'm going to say next. According to the Washington Post, Meta hired a political consulting firm to launch a calculated attack against TikTok through a range of local media plays. Okay, so what does that mean exactly? I'm glad you asked. So the firm... Targeted Victory basically helped Meta work with PR groups across the nation to plant anti-TikTok campaigns all over the place using local media outlets. This includes op-eds, it includes articles, and a lot of the time it was in regions where there are congressional districts. So it was something they're basically trying to do to drum up support politically and try to get politicians against TikTok as mm -hmm. well. So some of the specific examples are highlighting that TikTok is a foreign-owned app. It's obviously owned by ByteDance, which is a Chinese company that collects and shares data on American teens, which is a valid concern, and that's something that we'll talk about here in a second. Another example is pushing stories that tie TikTok to dangerous teen behavior, including the Devious Licks Challenge, yeah. which encouraged teens to steal things and I think vandalize school property. You had a few examples, right? You I mean, to look this up was, when this was going on, it was actually insane. You'd see TikToks of kids stealing just wild objects from their schools, like bathroom stalls, like microscopes, urinals, fire alarms, uh, smart boards, water fountains, and they would post TikToks of it to like ridiculous music. 
since then, TikTok has really come down hard on those videos and deleted most of them. (laughs) (laughs) With good reason. And the next one is what's craziest to me because I remember this. So they actually made up and spread a rumor of a slap a teacher TikTok challenge, which never actually existed on TikTok, which is so crazy to me because I remember talking about this with my sister-in-law, who's a second grade teacher. And this entire thing is a rumor that started on Facebook. So there Mm. never was really a slap a teacher TikTok challenge on TikTok that went viral. This is something that was kind of manufactured through this lobbying effort, along with obviously talking bad about TikTok. The firm also spread positive messages about Meta naturally, including stories about Facebook's role in supporting Black-owned businesses, which it did do. For what it's worth, Meta is not a stranger to lobbying either. They actually spend around $20 million per year on federal lobbying efforts. But yeah, this story really struck my attention because I had no idea that this was something that tech companies would use to fight off other tech companies. You right. like to think kind of in an ideal world, like just go product versus product, like let's see who yeah. wins. But clearly that's not how Zuck operates and, and not what he's trying to do here. And bada bing, bada boom. That is it, folks. For more on the Hustle's tech and business coverage and links to all kinds of cool stuff from around the web, check out our newsletter at thehustle.co. Thanks to our editor, Robert Hartwig, and executive producer, Darren Clark. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Rob Litters. You've been listening to the Hustle Daily Show brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.